Hi, everyone. Welcome to News and Brews Sports Biz, our podcast series that advocates for the financial voices in college athletics and features new developments impacting the business of college sports. I'm Ken Kurtzel. And I'm Katie Davis. Joining us today is Lee Walkowitz, Associate Athletic Director of Data Analytics and Strategic Initiatives at Notre Dame and is a co-founder of the Sports Data Analytics and Technology Association, an organization aimed at creating a comprehensive analytics community for the sports industry. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Um, Would you start off by telling us a little bit about your career path in college athletics and what about this profession inspires you and gets you up in the morning? Sure. So I, uh, I started as a work study uh, when I was 18 years old at Northeastern in Boston. Uh, I was ripping tickets uh, for our football program in the torrential rain. It felt like every single weekend it was quite cold and miserable. But, um, you know, I needed more hours for my work study. We were only working, you know, one one game a weekend. And I moved into the business office. And as you guys know, you know, mid-majors, it's all hands on deck. It's smaller staff sizes. Uh, So my boss was actually the business and ticket office manager. So started to learn the the business side of college athletics more. Uh, And with Northeastern, there's a a co-op program. So every six months you would go through, you know, class and then internships and back and forth uh, to get your degree. So my last year, I actually made a custom co-op where I basically designed uh, an internship. So I worked in the business office, ticket office, and then got experience with compliance and event management and development. Uh, just really got my hands on anything I could possibly learn uh, at Northeastern. Uh, when I graduated, I moved out to Cal. So UC Berkeley was my next stop. And I originally thought I was going to go into ticket operations. That was what I really enjoyed through undergrad. But Cal actually created a new rule around just business office management, actually. So they needed to introduce separation of powers because the ticket operations professionals were selling the tickets. They were depositing the money. They were reconciling the money. And as you all know, that's not necessarily the best. (laughs) (laughs) Not the best way to uh, deposit money, especially when you've got, you know, eight ticketed sports and Mm. quite a few different, you know, budget uh, chart strings to deposit to. So that position that I took there was basically ticket office accountant. Uh, I sat in the ticket office. I deposited the money. You know, I, I reconciled monthly. I reconciled weekly. Um, and then about four or five months into my time there, they built a new in-house outbound sales team. And the leader of that organization, that associate AD, asked for a sales report and basically said, you know, I want to know where we're at every day on ticket sales across all our ticketed sports. Um, and as you all probably know too, uh, if you ask the business office for a number on ticket sales, you'll get one number. And if you ask the ticket office for not like the same number, you're going to get something else. Marketing is going to have a third number. So, uh, the Osh, the leader that was there at the time basically said, Hey, like we want one report with one number. And because I was depositing every day, I volunteered to make this massive Excel spreadsheet Uh, that basically launched my entire interest in data and analytics. So uh, started, you know, reporting on data basically every single day, ticket sales across, you know, seven ticketed sports. And then I started working with Pacuolan and SSB, who's now Affiniquest, to build out some dashboards and actually customize and automate the reports I was building. So did that for about, you know, a year or two with Cal, picked up CRM on my way out for my last about year at Cal. 
uh, Packy Olin had a job open on their product management team. So I became the product manager for the analytics product that Packy Olin offered at the time. It's still around uh, in a different capacity now, but uh, so I got to learn agile software development, which was super, super interesting and, and project management. Um, so I supported kind of prod dev for a while with Packy Olin, uh, jumped to the client facing side for a while to be a BI analyst. And in that kind of time as an analyst for Packy Olin, I actually supported the Pac-12's data and analytics program by training them on Packy Olin data. Uh, it's a unique program, um, which I eventually moved to shortly after I started training them, but it is a school facing data, like full service data and analytics uh, team. So they support, you know, all 12 schools with data engineering, data analysis, you know, data science, data prep, they'll be that, you know, outsourced analyst in whatever capacity the schools need. So I was there, I was, you know, I moved to PAC-12 uh, in 2018 and I was there for a couple of years. Uh, it was phenomenal. I loved that model. It was really fun to jump between, you know, 12 schools of, of data and analytics projects. Um, but uh, about a year ago now, um, Notre Dame uh, had this job open for, for leading the data and analytics team here. So I uh, started talking with Mario Morris, who's my boss and I've known since my Pacquiola days. So we started talking about kind of our shared vision for basically centralizing data and analytics across an athletic department. So uh, long story short, I moved out here in September or October of 2021. Uh, and I now lead and the team that's, you know, kind of centralizing everything data and analytics for Notre Dame athletics. Well, Lee, that's just, I mean, some amazing jobs along the way, um, even before your current one, do you think that the work experience you had with, you know, a leader in ticketing operations uh, at Pacquiola and then the Pac-12, did that change your perspective now as you step into Notre Dame on, on how you approach the athletic business office and ticket office operations? And if so, how, you know, how does that impact that? Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. I think that was kind of invaluable experience uh, that I will probably use throughout the rest of my career. But uh, you know, with Pacquiolan, you know, they're one of the largest ticketing providers out there. And uh, as you all know, like when you sell a ticket and you build like sales reports, that's not really necessarily what the business office needs to see, right? Like it needs to be in their format. It needs to be ready for NCAA or EADA reporting. And at Pacquiolan, sorry, um, we did a lot of work to automate or create live database connections for our schools. And I swear, you know, you you really get the handle on one school or two schools, and then the next school that came along would be doing it entirely different. They did not care about any of your tips or tricks from the last school that you worked with. So it really exposed me to just having so many different like report designs or or code bases where I could kind of pivot around uh, what the the particular school needed at the time. Um, and with Pac-12, I really learned just like how to customize and, and actually became far more technical in customizing reports. So, you know, again, back to the, you know, ticket sales report that the, the sales team looks at, I was able to kind of learn how to write code to, you know, build the sales report, but then have the exact same data set pivot and, and line up for an EAD report or line up for an NCAA report or just reconciling, you know, to the ledger. So, I think in terms of the, the arsenal of, you know, uh, 
tips and tricks I can pull out of my back pocket. I think I've really expanded on that through those two jobs. Um, and then kind of the second piece of it, which I think is, is maybe underappreciated or, or not noticed as much as I really learned how to sell analytics for both sales and service and operations. And then the business office, you know, I think, um, I don't call myself a salesperson, but I think in order to have successful analytics culture and adoption for both the business office and ticket office, you have to have to like strategically know how to frame the conversations, talk the business office language, you know? So both of those jobs, I think really um, just exposed me to, you know, 12 different ways to talk to a business office because each school at the PAC 12 did something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we're definitely going to later on in, in this podcast, talk more about this, the sale selling side of it and how to communicate your value proposition for data. But, um, you know, backing up though, to, you know, every school has a different way and, and, you know, customizing reports and all of that. And what we see a lot is, oh, you know, our ticketing platform isn't getting us what we want, but also we recognize that when we brought it in, we made them try to design it around us and that maybe, you know, wasn't the best idea. Um, And so it seems like maybe, you know, recognizing that um, there are people doing the hard work at these vendors to try to streamline and make it a best industry best practice and at least entertaining it and looking and looking through lenses to say, is there a different way we could be doing things that we haven't done them? And that's something that, you know, we like to talk about a lot is just, especially in ticketing, you know, things are advancing so quickly right now and, um, you know, trends are changing and evolving. And, you know, now more than ever, I think just having a, a community that's not just within your university's ticket office, but, is across the industry, across different offices and, and different um, skill sets, and even in within vendors. And I think one thing that you've done a, um, that's been really outstanding is you and a couple others have co-founded the um, Sports Data Association, which I referenced in our intro. And um, what inspired y'all to, to create this new community and what's your vision for the organization? Uh, so it probably started, you know, right when I got settled at Cal and needed to start building these, you know, reports, you know, seven reports every single day to update our numbers. And, um, you know, I was looking for best practices or tips and tricks. I really didn't know Pacquiolan data back then. I didn't know how to pull Pacquiolan data. So I was really trying to find a group of people that maybe knew something about what I was trying to do. And, Uh, you know, I'd go to professional conferences and, and if you sit in, you know, a business office session, they, they talk how they, you know, need to report on data at the high level or a marketing session or a ticket op session, right? They all kind of stay at the surface level of data and reporting. Um, But I was looking to like learn how to write a SQL query or troubleshoot something in a BI tool, or, you know, just talk about like best practices in the data setup that a lot of these, you know, associations or meetings or groups weren't necessarily getting into the weeds on. Uh, so it's been something I've been looking for for a while now. And um, about two years ago now, I was speaking with Richard Turnquist, who's at Pitt, uh, and he was hosting like a monthly or bi-monthly analytics call for anybody and every, you know, anybody that wanted to get into college athletics analytics. And 
uh, he reached out to me out of the blue just to ask, you know, if I'd be interested in speaking to his class or his group. And uh, I said, sure. And, you know, in our prep call, I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we built an association like, you know, a NACMA or something like that, where um, it was just data professionals or people interested in data where, you know, we know we're out there now at this point, but we couldn't necessarily find somebody that was working on the same project, right? It might be an analyst in the business office and there's an analyst for ticket sales, but we couldn't necessarily connect all the dots to find each other. So I kind of mentioned it as a joke to Richard when we were preparing for that call. And, uh, you know, after the call, we said, well, you know, why not try to do something? So we got 10 of our, you know, industry friends in college athletics Mm -hmm. to start talking about it. Uh, And we launched, uh, and I think, late 2020 as college athletics analytics professionals. So we were just focused on college athletics. Uh, We had about 40 people back then. And uh, right out of the gates, we pretty much realized that professional sports also was very interested in in sharing best practices amongst our group. So uh, we kind of had a list of people that were like, hey, they've already expressed that they'd like to join us. Like, can we expand? Do we change our name? We were working on incorporation paperwork. So we weren't officially official yet. So throughout kind of late 2020, we really started saying like, let's expand to pro sports. Let's, let's see if we can, you know, start to learn from anybody in the industry. Um, and on top of that, one of the, the most important things to us was making sure people at vendors or partners in this space can join us as well. I think sometimes there's groups out there where you have to be in college athletics or you have to be you know, in pro sports, or you have to be in hockey, or you have to be in basketball. And, um, you know, I think it's really important if somebody at like a Ticketmaster or a Pacquiao or SAS or Tableau, like wants to grow as a data professional in sports, they should be able to join us, right? Like, it doesn't matter who pays your paycheck. Like if you're a data professional, or you want to be a data professional, we also, you know, offer memberships for students and people looking to pivot to our, you know, industry. So I think a lot of it was just, you know, we wanted to create resources for everybody. Um, we're, we're all about increasing, you know, adoption of analytics, right? Literacy and, and just making sure there's resources available to, to people who want to use data in our day-to-day business, you know? Yeah, well, if, if there are people that are listening, so our audience is primarily business office um, and a lot of them are very interested in, in growing their knowledge base in this area. Where, how can they find you? Um, so, yeah, we have a public facing website. So uh, sportsdatapros.com. And then uh, we have uh, two different Twitter handles. So we have a job board for jobs and data, sports data, uh, sports data jobs. And then we have our professional sports data uh, feed that is for the uh, professional association. So it's all through our website, though. You can get there through Sports Data Pros. So Lee, that's great. The amazing success that you've had uh, growing up to, I think, 240 members now in that association. So congratulations for the hard work uh, getting that started. What do you think it means to be data-driven and how can athletic departments utilize data more to support business processes outside of sports performance social media and revenue generation? So I think, uh, you know, being data-driven is really allowing data to have a seat at the table. Um, You know, a lot of times it's part of marketing or it's part of business, right? You know, it's the other duties as assigned for a lot of jobs and it becomes almost too much, right? It's it's too much day-to-day in the weeds of data. So 
uh, I think to be data driven, you really want to have that that voice of the data, right? I like to think of my role here as being a data steward and and providing a, a new take on you know what how we can use data to answer some of our most pressing business questions. So you know, carving out that space, I think, for data and analytics to help support your decisions or or help form your decisions or you know uh, validate or invalidate what we're thinking about our business, I think is really important. Um, I think part of it as well, and, and it's not just about the meeting, you know, it's, it's making sure we have standards around data quality, uh, best practices, business rules, data governance, all of those things, because in order to be data driven, it's not just set it and forget it. Like, I think we need somebody to pay attention to data and kind of take it on, you know, on their plate, not as other duties as assigned, you know, where um, you have to set up some business rules and, and standards. Otherwise, the data is going to drive you into like a ditch <laughs> and you'll have to be, you'll have to take a step back and figure that all out. You know, it's, it's a lot like, um, like a Tesla autopilot, right? Like you could let the Tesla, Tesla like drive into a curb or you can kind of be fully present and make sure, uh, you know, you kind of steer and, and don't set it and forget it because then data-driven organizations can kind of get ahead of themselves, start making bad decisions, right? You can tell the data, data can tell you whatever it wants to tell you. So you got to have some guardrails up to uh, make sure you're actually being data-driven in a, an appropriate kind of manner. Yeah. Um, to the second point though, I think uh, in terms of areas outside of maybe RevGen and, and sports performance and things like that, I'm really interested in, you know, a couple of different areas of, of teaching and, and building out data analytics here. But uh, one of them is like people operations. I think we can get uh, pretty sophisticated or uh, efficient in how we determine, you know, call centers for our ticket sales team. If we know there's a, you know, a ton of calls coming in in the morning or the evening, like let's staff our athletic departments accordingly. I think as we come out of the pandemic, you know, we have to get smarter with how we lead and run our organizations and uh, we can use data to, to help us, you know, staff and support our, our, our organizations, I think, more effectively. The other area I think uh, data and analytics can really support college athletics is like facilities and events and kind of revenue generation maybe outside of our, you know, seven football games a year or something like that. But with facilities, I want to look at, you know, occupancy by building, right? Like where are our unused spaces, our, our unused offices? You know, if we're working on a capital project, how do we look at the project holistically using data and analytics? So I could probably go on forever on how I could use data uh, in an athletic department, but the idea is, you know, if we're, if we're pulling data, I think there's a use case for kind of bringing it together holistically and figuring out how it can, and you know, benefit the entire organization. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I love how you say you could go on and on and that you do need somebody that is a steward of the data. And so often we talk with people in business offices who, you know, have a lot of pain points because they are the no voice of the athletic department. And, oh yes, we have a position posted for data, but they're going to be just looking at social media or, you know, some of those things. Um, and so often, you know, I, I give props to Mario and shout out to Mario. Hey, um, but, 
you know, he sees the vision and how you can integrate the different functions um, and break down the silos within athletics by utilizing data and having a, um, you know, a person that's working proactively with that. Um, but what would you recommend coming back to the sales conversation, helping um, some of the C college athletic CFOs um, being able to feel justified in investing in themselves because so often they're going to spend, the last place they're going to touch the budget is to benefit the business office. So um, I guess, could you talk a little bit about the ROI of data and then how you would communicate that value proposition um, to ADs or others on campus to justify this investment in both the technologies and the personnel? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think for the longest time, right, it was that last bullet on job descriptions and everybody's starting to try and carve out full roles for it. Um, you know, in a previous role, we talked a lot about the ROI of our team and how we support, you know, our clients basically. And I think there are some easy ways to look at ROI, whether it's through, you know, pricing decisions, right, or sales uh, analysis and analytics and kind of, you know, creating new revenue, but I also think in terms of ROI, especially around the business office and in supporting the business office and their analytics needs, I think there's uh, kind of an intangible benefit that is giving people time back. You know, I don't consider myself a salesperson, right? But I also think um, I really strive to just make people's lives easier. And I think the business office is a prime example of how you can maybe use a, a, a full-time equivalency, right? Just to work on data, just to make the uh, curve between, you know, getting data out of the business office and, or sorry, out of the ticket office and moving it to the business office, like more efficient. If you have somebody that can, you know, turn ticketing data into, uh, you know, business office formatted data, I think that's really, really important. And at the end of the day, you're saving hundreds and hundreds of hours for your staff members. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've communicated throughout my time with all the different positions I've had is, you know, I could name a school in the Pac-12 that literally saved hundreds of hours because we were just building a sales report, but formatting it for the business office, right? So especially as we come out of the pandemic, I think we have to work, you know, more smart, uh, more strategic in how we assign a full-time role. And if it's just a data person, yes, it's just a data person, but my gosh, you're probably going to save, you know, your financial accountant hundreds of hours throughout the year. And you'll streamline that whole process just throughout the department. Right. So, um, while we can certainly provide like actual ROI numbers on, Hey, we, you know, generated this much money, or we repositioned some money throughout our ledger, right. And found this X number of dollars, uh, I really think there's something to be said for just creating efficiencies through an analyst, basically, where, um, you know, it, it's no longer a 10 hour project every month to reconcile to the ledger. It's, hey, we got this automatic report that we worked through, you know, to, to, to automate and push to people, right? It's not just about pulling the data. And these roles can push, help push data to the end users and consumers of data and analytics. So. Yeah, and I think, um, actually, I think I was like in a Twitter conversation with Richard about this when he had something about value proposition and ROI on data. And I was like, you know, I wish there was a way to quantify, which there's not, um, 
the opportunity cost because I'm here so often CFOs, even at the CFO level, who I um, they get so bogged down in the details because they're having to double check it and manipulate the data through their Google Sheets and things like that, that it's almost like, um, you know, they need to stop working in the business to be able to work on the business. And yes. so being able to shift that time mm-hmm. to, um, you know, do more proactive, strategic type things, which is what a CFO should be doing, and maybe also um, be at home an hour earlier every night too. Um, that would be really great for a lot of people. Um, so I, I totally see the ROI in it. And I know that in higher education, sometimes it's challenging to add a new position, but I think as you start to see natural attrition and as budgets start opening back up after the pandemic, really thinking about the structure of your department and how you can really leverage data and And, you know, yeah, the revenue generation, of course, is incredibly important, monitoring social media, the sports performance, all of that's important, but how can you also um, look at some of those other things? And and correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of oversee all of that, right? All of those pieces. Yeah, I do. So at least here at Notre Dame and in my previous role with Pac-12, it's everything from RevGen, you know, student athlete well-being, uh, attendance at, you know, student athlete support events website traffic, social media, you know, the idea, I have this vision here uh, at Notre Dame where we can have this one-stop shop, right? So if you're a sports administrator or if you're the CFO and you just want to go see baseball, right? How cool would it be to see baseball ticket sales, baseball fundraising, baseball website traffic, all the social media stuff, all the grades, all the GPA, APR, GS, right? All of those different metrics on one dashboard. It's a lot for one dashboard. So it might be two, right? At the end of the day, in terms of dashboard design, but that's kind of the North star for me is to, to put it all in one spot. So we're not logging into 10 platforms and, you know, uh, looking at the same number, slightly different in five different places. So, yeah, hopefully that makes our, our CFOs and and business office people that are also wearing the sports ops hat, like Mm. super excited right now, just thinking about the possibilities because they understand that side of it too. So that's awesome. I think some of it too, sorry, I know um, with campus, you asked about, you know, selling it to campus. Yeah. We, we all uh, work at some of the best institutions in, you know, America, basically. And uh, if there's a data, you know, graduate program, if there's an analytics undergrad program, I think that whole partnership with campus can be, uh, you know, supported even more so than we have now, right? Like, I, I know there's Uh, you know, sports management undergrad programs, right? Grad programs and the College of Science or the College of, you know, uh, like research computing, right? There's a lot of really cool um, resources on campus. And when it comes to selling a position in the business office to your CFO, like the business school might have interns that are looking for experience, right? So there's some natural partnerships I think we can all, you know, take advantage of across campuses. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, Lee, thank you for coming on and <clears throat> joining us today to, to talk about all of this. I mean, we're definitely at our firm, big, big advocates for being data-driven and, and the automation opportunities that arise in there. And, um, you know, we loved hearing your stories today and your perspective on all that. Um, our name, name of our podcast, of course, is News and Brews. And the Brews part, um, you know, really got started out with Katie and I having the privilege to travel around the country, visiting clients everywhere and enjoying craft 
beer and good coffee and other things. So we've kind of morphed into more like what, what's your favorite beverage that you're enjoying right now? Um, and I'll kick us off and then we'll go to you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Katie and I were fortunate enough to be down in Tampa, Florida, visiting with the CFOs from the Southeastern Conference who were there during the SEC basketball tournament um, and spending some time with them. And uh, there's a brewery down in Tampa called Magnanimous Brewing. And I've been enjoying a beer, a hazy, hazy IPA they made called Juice Lord and Savior. Um, and it is absolutely um, just a wonderful, juicy, um, great libation. So that's that's what I had last night. And um, what are you enjoying lately? So uh, I, sad, but I don't like coffee or beer. So Okay, well, uh, I will judge. But, but I will say when I was with the Pac-12, the Ghirardelli chocolate store was close to the office. So I am now a Ghirardelli hot chocolate connoisseur I guess so I um um not ashamed to say that I order that like in bulk so I can have it (laughs) at home and in the office so excellent anything hot chocolate but right now it's Ghirardelli oh great choice yeah that that is a good one and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the employees of Pac-12 will be ordering it in bulk now that they have (laughs) gone to a virtual office as well (laughs) um So I um, have not been enjoying, or I haven't really been feeling beer lately. This morning I had a, um, my normal vanilla latte uh, from a local coffee shop here. Um, I have really been on a red wine kick lately. So um, I like cabs and and there was one specific one that we had a a dinner out with uh, some people um, at, at the SEC tournament and had a really good um 1982 napa valley cab from vishan and it was um it it was so impressive because 1982 that and no one can see this but i'm showing you um i like they took the label off of the wine bottle and put it on a card uh (laughs) because it was it was really rare it was so good so i just wanted to talk about that uh that was at burns steakhouse in tampa uh, which is a really famous uh, place for having one of the largest wine collections uh, in the world. And, um, but I will say last night I sat outside by my pool because I'm in Florida. I, I actually went swimming and I was thinking about how nice it'll be to start, you know, enjoying a beer again on a hot summer day. And, you know, we talked to them about the differences in weather. So I know in South Bend, it's not quite pool weather yet for you. So the hot chocolate makes a lot of sense. It is not. And I can tell you, I love iced hot chocolate in summer. So I have my summer beverage already ready to go once it turns summer in South Bend. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I hope it comes for you sooner rather than later. (laughs) Well, Lee, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. And I'm hoping it will inspire a lot of schools to take that leap forward. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Cheers and go Irish. To learn more about the James Warren Company Collegiate Athletics and Higher Education segments, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to sign up for insights to get our latest industry updates, news and events delivered straight to your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at jmcohighered and on LinkedIn for the latest news as the landscape of collegiate athletics and higher education is continually evolving. 